It's the right hook, of course, here on Newstalk on uh, Thursdays when Bill Hughes pops in with, I have to say, the word eclectic applies because, of course, as you know, Bill picks his essential songs of a particular year. Depending on the year is the level of my interest. So whatever year he picks, I then decide whether I like it or not. So you better give me a year so I know how I feel. You're like the Great Wall of China, <laughs> except people can walk on the Great Wall of China. Right, the year, you? 1959. Oh, Am I in the right decade? Ecstatic. <laughs> I mean, I just, you can pick anything. I don't care what music you pick. 1959, I'm going to love it. Well, I will tell you that we will revisit 1959. This was such a good year, it as It was they say. so hard to knuckle down and to decide and really the number of women who had great songs that year the number of men the number of groups that you know it was it was just so hard so uh, and and it's it you know that awful word iconic mm. is thrown about it is an awful word it is an awful word but uh, it, it, it's thrown about but our first song no before you go to the first okay. song I just want to put tell you where I am at this oh, 59, point. Oh, fifty nine, yes. Yeah, because you, as you always say, <laughs> I was just a, a, a glimmer in my mother's eye. No, I was four. You were four. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I did the leave insert in nineteen fifty nine, June fifty nine. I did the leave insert. All right. So uh, I've just turned eighteen. I turned eighteen in May. Leave insert in June, and. Uh, like there's everything happening here because like for half the year I'm a schoolboy and then for the second half of the year I'm not a schoolboy you know I'm a kind of uh, I'm out of school I'm an adult and all that sort of stuff so Can we get a picture of you how how tall were you Oh, I was I was very tall, like between fifty eight and fifty nine. In that year, yeah. uh, I have two pictures of the Munster Schools cricket team fifty eight and fifty nine, and I think I'm five. To six inches taller uh, yeah. in 59 to 58. I absolutely just... You hit the spurt. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so 59 is going to be really interesting. First one? First one. I know you love this man. Yeah. Buddy Holly. Oh! Yeah. And the song, It Doesn't Matter Anymore. Are you serious? Yeah. 1959. Well, I have to tell you, right, about Buddy Holly. I'm in love. Right. I am head over heels in love with a girl called Jacqueline, right? At school in Sculvera. Oh, thank God, not Bouvier. And no. I was like, <laughs> oh, I can't embarrass her and her husband now and okay. her children by telling her her second name. But Jacqueline knows who she is. And I'm madly in love with her, right? And as happens on an annual basis, she women dumped me. I was a great getting dumped guy. Um, and she dumped me. And I remember she dumped me in Patrick Street outside uh, Roach's stores. And I walked home from Roach's stores singing, It Doesn't Matter Anymore. Oh, my God. That's absolutely true. I could have actually sung the B-side as well. (laughs) It's raining in my heart. (laughs) That was the A and the B-side. Oh, this is a great song. It's a fabulous song. And you know who wrote it? Buddy, I suppose. No. Paul Anka. 
did he? Paul Anka wrote It Doesn't Matter Anymore and we have had Paul Anka featured on this programme for writing My Way and for writing The Longest know, Day Yeah, so much other stuff He must have been very young at 59 very, very Paul young. Anka Yeah So uh, Buddy but, It Doesn't Matter Anymore but Buddy oh. Charles Harden Holly Lubbock, Texas Lubbock, Texas Yeah uh, And But you know It's really funny To look back At a career That was so short And snubbed out By a plane crash A tragic plane crash When he was only a kid But he's described As the single Most influential Creative force In early rock and roll And that his work And his innovations Inspired and influenced The Beatles Elvis Costello The Rolling Stones And Bob Dylan and affected all popular music. Oh, unquestionably, Holly. yeah. It's, it is I mean, you couldn't have been listening to music in 1959, and you're going to play a few others as well, yeah. but you couldn't have been listening to music in 1959 as a young person and, and, not have had, and not have had Buddy Holly in your head. But I can't help thinking what could have come from him because he married a young Hispanic girl, Maria Elena, and he started going to her house because it was a place where a lot of... Uh, Hispanic musicians would gather. Oh, I see. So he was learning flamenco-style guitar and finger-style guitar, and he was touching into soul music. He had plans to work with Ray Charles, Mahalia Jackson. This was a direction. He was going to open out music, and this is pre-Motown. So Buddy Holly would have, whatever influence he does exert to this day, his influence could have been so much more were it not for that tragedy. Well, that's true because if you, and I have everybody Holly song like, you know, mm. and and if you, like, tomorrow when I drive to Cork, I, I'd probably, it'll be Buddy Holly all the way, for instance, right? And you hear, if you do it chronologically, which is what I've done, you hear the change. Yeah. Where he has moved from solid rock and he's moving into other ideas mm. and and things like that and different kinds of 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 uh, music and phrasing and everything. So so given that they did all that in the early stages, yeah. what he might have done is extraordinary. His wife's really interesting because she has hugely protected his legacy. Oh, she has, but yeah. she's never visited his grave. Never, yet. that's right. She has never visited Amazing, his grave. Amazing, isn't yeah. it? But she was pregnant, I think, when he died. She was, and she heard about it on the radio. Yeah. And because she heard about it on the radio, she went into shock and had a miscarriage. Terrible. And they changed the rules. They changed the law at the time that they must notify next family and next of kin before right. they can announce okay. on the radio. And that was out of the Buddy Holly tragedy. All right. Okay. So I guess it doesn't matter I, anymore. Uh, well, I mean, Ravon remains my particular favourite, but uh, when Jacqueline dumped me outside Rochester, as I walked all the way down, I'm singing this in my head, but Buddy can do it better. Let's hear it. <laughs> There you go, invited, here am I Oh, well, you left me here so I could sit and cry Well, golly gee, what have you done to me? Oh, well, I guess it doesn't matter anymore Do you remember, baby, last September How you held me tight each and every night Well, whoops-a-daisy, how you drove me crazy But I guess it doesn't matter anymore There's no use in me a-crying I've done everything and now I'm 
sick of trying I've thrown away my nights And wasted all my days over you Well, you go your way and I'll go mine Now and forever till the end of time I'll find somebody new Baby, we'll say we're through And you won't matter anymore There's no use in me a crying I've done everything and now I'm sick of trying I've thrown away my nights And wasted all my days over you Well, you go your way and I'll go mine Now and forever till the end of time I'll find somebody new, baby We'll say we're through and you won't matter anymore You won't matter anymore Buddy Holly doesn't matter anymore from 1959 Bill Hughes' uh, year for the essential songs there's a bundle of people listening now right and another pal of mine Donal who I won't name um, when you played the animals I'm not sure that what year that was but he said to me he said, I couldn't get out of the car he said uh, that year I wanted to hear all the music well there's another bunch of people now uh, who remember that and, and won't get out of the car because they want to know what you're coming up with next uh, and to all of them, wasn't it a great year, 59? Oh, God. What's next? Well, I think it's going to surprise people. Yeah? Because a lot of people would associate this woman and think her career didn't start till the 60s. Mm-hmm. But in fact, it started in the 50s. Shirley Bassey. Oh, Tiger Bay! Tiger From Tiger Bay. Yeah. The woman from Tiger Bay. And uh, uh, written by Michael Julian, who was also known as Peter Warren. He went on to write Two Eurovision, well, he had associations with two Eurovision winning songs. First for Spain, La La La, Maciel, 1968. But he wrote the English lyric. But in 1969, he wrote the winning song for the UK. And it was a four-way tie in the Eurovision that year. Sandy and Shaw? No, Sandy Shaw won it outright in 67 with Puppet on a String. You're right. The one who, the four of them and they whipped off their skirt. But that was, no, that's Buck's Fizz. That's not till 1981, 82. Sorry, now you're bringing out my inner Eurovision nerd. It's not so inner. But uh, no, Lulu, Boom Bang a Bang. Oh, Boom Bang a Lulu. Lulu tied with with Boom Bang a Bang. with Four-man tie. It was a four-man tie with the Netherlands, Spain and France. If you want, I'll name the songs, but if you don't want, okay, grand. If you name the songs, I'll name uh, the medalists in the 1500 metres in (laughs) Melbourne in 56. So let's not get on a Dutch auction. (laughs) Um, What's the name of the bloody song? Kiss Me, Honey, Honey, Kiss Me. I tell you, in 1959, the entire population of Ireland, unmarried population of Ireland, were virgins, right? Mm. And Shirley Bassey created mayhem amongst young men fueled by testosterone. Uh, the other woman who did this was the great Eartha Kitt. Oh, yeah. But Eartha Kitt and Shirley Bassey had that ability yeah. uh, to put real sex into a song. Well, Eartha Kitt purred like a kitten. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. Shirley blasted but Shirley was a tiger oh, yeah. from Tiger Bay. <laughs> and with Kiss Me Honey Honey, Kiss Me Now, Shirley Bassey, extraordinary career, uh, born in 1937. So technically... She's older than me. Oh, yeah. But that's the given birth that you find for her online. Oh, you think she's older? I do. I do. How do you know that? Because a friend of mine produced the 60th birthday celebrations for her and was quite certain... For on ITV <laughs> that she was already sixty four. <laughs> so it's one of those. All right. But but she she grew up in a really tough place. Um, there was a lot of questioning about her parentage and about the family and the word bigamy was suggested. Right. But she was mixed race. Well, mean, she was she mixed race. Yeah, she Nigerian race, and so. English. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Her father was Nigerian and her mother was English. And she was one to, there was a, a rake of kids as they'd say. So she had half sisters and brothers. and uh, But she grew up and by the age of 14 she had the voice that would stop traffic. Really? And in school, in the school choir it used to freak people out. And she was told, everybody told me to shut up. Even in the school choir, the teacher kept telling me to back off till I was singing in the corridor, she says. And a classmate remembered her singing, can't help loving that man. And it made the teacher so uncomfortable that she was told not to sing it again <laughs> in school. <laughs> but she got gigs in public houses and in working men's clubs, age 14, she was out oh, there. Hey. Yeah. This is very like um, the, 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 the the great French singer. Who, oh, Edith Piaf. Edith Piaf, mm. who was Farrell. singing in, in the four, at 14 as well. Well, yeah. Shirley was doing it. And then luckily for her in 1955, just a chance recommendation uh, to Michael Sullivan and George Baines, who were the biggest booking agency at the time. And they put her on course. They saw the talent in her. They got her a Las Vegas uh, residency at that age. And off she went at El Rancho in Vegas. And by mid-1958, she had her first two singles in the can. They were released. It took them months to climb the chart. And just at the end of 58, they hit number one. And that was Hands Across the Sea and As I Love You. And then she was stuck into the studio for her 1959 hit, Kiss Me, Honey, Honey, Kiss Me. And at the time, the double A side stayed number one and Kiss Me, Honey, Honey, joined them at the top of the chart. So she was... The girl in but, the But that was better than the previous two. I oh, think, I think this, so, is, yeah. this is classic yeah. uh, Shirley Bassey, I think. Kiss me, honey, honey, kiss me. Throw me, honey, honey, throw me. Don't care even if I blow my top. But honey, honey, mm-hmm. don't stop. I'd like to play a little game with you A little game especially made for two If you come closer, I'll show you how Closer, closer now Kiss me, honey, honey, kiss me Throw me, honey, honey, throw me Don't care even if I blow my top But honey, honey, don't stop We've never played this little game before If you relax, then you'll enjoy it more 
Just settle down and let me teach you how Closer, closer now Kiss me, honey, honey, kiss me Throw me, honey, honey, throw me Don't care even if I blow my top But honey, honey, mm -hmm. don't stop You kiss so well my lips begin to burn And I can tell I've got a lot to learn So hold me close and darling show me how Closer, closer now Kiss me, honey, honey, kiss me Throw me, honey, honey, throw me Don't care even if I blow my top But honey, honey, But also, I'm a guest, of course, is Bill Hughes, and the topic is the essential songs of 1959 that was uh, Shirley Bassey. Um, the, the thing about that also, and you'll understand this as a, a, a television executive producer of, of music also, the production values were great there. Oh, super. I mean, she was great, but the production was extraordinarily good. I can imagine that John Charles McQuaid must have written an encyclical to the people of Ireland to say, don't you dare listen to this record. This record is an occasion of sin. Yeah, but he did it a few times. Oh, he did it lots of times. <laughs> Got him nowhere. Got him nowhere in our house because I'm one of 13 kids. So, <laughs> but What's anyway. the last one? The last one. We've never featured this. I was going back through my records. We've been doing this for years, George. Donkeys. Donkeys. And we've never featured this marvellous singer. And I'm, I'm uh, begging forgiveness from his spirit out there. Yeah. Mr. Bobby Darren. Bobby Darren. Bobby Darren. We've never no featured way. Bobby Darren, never. And Mac the Knife. Oh, yeah. I just love Mac the Knife has, an, I'm sure you're going to talk about the yeah. kind of whole genesis of Mac the Knife. So yeah. off you go. Well, Mac the Knife comes from the Truppany Opera. Yeah. Uh, written by Bertolt Brecht and Kurt Weil, uh, which premiered in Berlin back in 1928. And the Truppany Opera is really the story of a highwayman. And it's an extremely risque musical that's set in bawdy houses and brothels and it's a fantastic show that okay. keeps being revived and given modern day credence and I just love it but everything by Kurt Weil and, and Bertolt Brecht uh, they really challenge you intellectually and they were out there doing that in the 20s and when Bobby Darren recorded this it became a sensation all over the world Now did Louis Armstrong record before or after this? I think after. Right, okay. I think but after. Louis Armstrong certainly did yeah. Mac the Night. And, of course, Sinatra and Tony Bennett and everybody's done yeah, it. Yeah, but it's this become is a the standard. one. This is the one, Bobby Darren doing Mac the Night. Now, Bobby Darren, Walden Robert Casotto. Um, amazing guy, born in 1936. Singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, actor. And he performed jazz, pop, rock and roll, folk swing and country. He started his career in his late teens writing songs for Connie Francis. And so he had money coming in, but he was sickeningly handsome. Very, very handsome guy. And then he, wrote, he, he sang his own song, Splish Splash, in 1958. And it sold a million copies. And suddenly he was the man in demand. He was only 22 years of age. And then he followed that up with Dream Lover and Beyond the Sea, 
And then, the on the sea was the, the, the English version of the French version, La Mer. La Mer, yeah. yeah Charles René. Yeah. And then, but Mac the Knife. Multiplication. <laughs> it's the name of the game. Do you not remember that? Oh, you know what? You've got your little... He hasn't... I should think the listeners should know he doesn't even have Google on. He knows this. This is coming out of the I back know, of his I'm mind. a huge fan of Bobby Downs. <laughs> oh, yeah, like we're in 1959. Yeah. I mean, I'm in my element. And in 1962, he went on to win the Golden Globe for Come September, which he starred in with Sandra D. Now, he was a very politically active guy. Uh, at such a young age, and he was one of the key supporters of Robert F. Kennedy's Democratic presidential uh, campaign. He was actually there on the night at the Ambassador Hotel in L.A. He was there with them on the night of the assassination. And that's the same year he discovered that his grandmother, that he had, you know, that sorry, that his mother that he thought was his mother was actually his grandmother. And that his sister was actually his mother. Yeah, I mean so, it was a devastating uh, family. Very, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he, then of course he died young. He I died mean, young. He He'd had rheumatoid fever as a kid, and that gave him a heart condition. It gave him a really sure. bad heart condition, yeah. and he was in having heart surgery. He was only thirty-seven uh, in Los, uh, Los Angeles, and he was a global superstar. And yeah. he went in, had heart surgery, and just didn't make it. Yeah, he married. He married a very interesting actress who, who I don't know, was wasn't very talented. But Sandra D. Sandra D. Yeah, he, he, the best way to describe Sandra D. was she was like your one afterwards in Dallas that uh, Terry Wogan christened the Poison Dwarf. Charlie Charlie <laughs> Tilton. Char- yeah, Charlie Tilton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because Sandra D. was small and chunky, and I liked him small and chunky, so I kind of quite fancy. Sandra D. But I think before I get carried away and like Shirley Bassey blow my top, uh, it is definitely time to go to the wonderful Bobby Darren. And this will knock you away. Well, uh, Bill has uh, encouraged me this week. I'm sure next week we'll, we'll go forward about 35 years, will we? Oh, of course we will. All right. <laughs> okay, it's Essential Songs of 1959, Bill Hughes, and it's Bobby Darren with Mac the Knife. Oh, the shark bait has such teeth there, and it shows them pearly white. Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath, babe, and it keeps it uh, out of sight. You know when that shark bites With his teeth, big Scarlet billows Start to spread Fancy gloves, though Where's old Maggie Heath, babe? So there's never, never a trace of red Now on the sidewalk, huh? Ooh, Sunday morning, uh-huh Lies a body just oozing life. Can someone sneak him round the corner? Could that someone be Mac the Knife? There's a tugboat down by the river, don't you know? Where a cement bag just drooping on down. Oh, that cement is just It's there for the way to dare 
five will get you ten old Mackies back in town. Don't you hear about Louis Miller? He disappeared, babe. After drawing out all his hard-earned cash, and now Maggie he spends just like a sailor. Could it be our boy's done something rash? And Lucy Brown Oh, the line forms on the right, babe But not that Maggie Back in town I said, Jenny Diver Whoa, Suki Tawdry Look out to Miss Lottie Lynn And old Lucy Brown Yes, that line forms on the right, babe. Not that Maggie's back in town. Look out, old Maggie's 